The following message is brought to you by Morgan Hill Bible Church. For all things MHBC, connect with us on social media and check us out online at mhbible.org. Well, good evening. Welcome again to Morgan Hill Bible Church. So good to be celebrating Christmas this evening with you tonight. You know, there are certain days, certain things that happen in your life that you will remember forever, right? Moments, experiences that as long as you live, you will remember those things and you'll hold them close to you. Some of those experiences, these unforgettable moments are planned. Like you you know in advance of what they will be and that it's an event you will remember forever. Maybe it's a graduation where years and years of hard work and you'll remember finally walking across that stage and getting a diploma. Maybe if you're married, it's a wedding day. Hopefully that wasn't a surprise to you that morning that you're getting married that day. But it was something planned with months and months and years of anticipation, but it's still a moment and a day that you will never forget and you will always remember. If you're a parent, you will never forget that first time you hold that child in your arms. A planned event you've known for months they were coming, but an unforgettable moment. If you're a grandparent, you'll never forget that moment where you hold that grandkid in your arms. Then you feel that movement in the diaper and you hand them back to your parents and go, not my kid anymore. Take it. It's your job now to change it. Some of those moments are planned, but there there are moments that become unforgettable that we didn't have planned. We didn't know waking up that morning that some memory, something would happen to us that we would remember forever, whether that's a significant thing or even more of a mundane thing. One of those moments was for me several years ago, my wife and I, we were on vacation and we, were, we went out hiking one evening and we were up in the mountains. It was a five mile trail to the top of this overlook and we were at the top of this mountain watching the sunset. There was this beautiful lake, higher mountains in the background watching the sunset when my wife Kristen looked over at me and said, did you bring lights with you? I said, no, as we're watching the sun get lower. And she's like, how are we supposed to get down the trail in the dark? I was like, that's a good question. Didn't think about that one. We proceeded to run five miles downhill to get back to the car, made it just as it was pitch dark. A hike like we've done lots of times, but an unforgettable one for us that night. In the Christmas story, it is undoubtedly a day in which we have people, as we've read tonight already in Luke chapter two, a people that will remember it forever who were involved in the Christmas story. Certainly, Mary and Joseph, they knew that this day was coming when their son would be born. They had waited his arrival with months of anticipation, and they knew it was coming, and they would remember his day forever. But tonight, I want us to focus on those who woke up on this Christmas day and didn't know that they would experience something that not only would they remember forever, but that we would still be talking about thousands of years later. And that's those shepherds who went out and watched their flocks like they did every other day, but experienced something remarkable that Christmas night. We've already had it read, but let's read it again. Luke 2, starting at verse 8, says this, In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So the angels, excuse me, the shepherds are out doing their normal thing in the evening. It's getting dark and suddenly an angel shows up. And we're like, well, yes, of course the angel shows up. It's the Christmas story. Shouldn't the shepherds know that an angel is going to show up that night? No, they shouldn't because they don't know what has happened, 
right? And, and we see like, oh, if you know the Bible, well, angels show up now again in the Bible. Like that's not an uncommon thing. It still is uncommon. And having an angel show up in your life was not like, oh, you haven't had that? I have. No one else has had that? That's weird. No, no one knew what this was like. This was entirely unexpected. And suddenly, bam, an angel is there. And along with this angel, it says in verse nine, that the glory of the Lord shone around them. The glory of the Lord is God's visible presence made manifest and seen in this world in creation. And it only is seen a few different times in the Bible we're told that the glory of God is made known and seen by us, by people here on earth. One of those times where God's glory is seen is recorded for us back in the book of Exodus. And it's when, when Mount Sinai is there and God gives to Moses and the people his 10 commandments, the people of Israel. And as they looked up upon Mount Sinai, it says that God's glory dwelt on the mountain. And in Exodus, it describes it in this way. Now, the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. The Israelites weren't like, hey, is that a little smoke up there? Is something burning? Do I see something? No, they saw it. And some translations say it's a consuming fire. They thought we're all gonna die because that thing is so overwhelming, so powerful, this majestic sight of the glory of the God, of God on the mountain. Imagine you are out on a hillside like these shepherds were. Say you're up on the side of Harvey Bear late at night. There's no trees around. You're looking at the stars and suddenly you're blinded by light. And this angelic being, your response would be just like that of the shepherds. You would be terrified. You would be utterly terrified. The angel speaks in verse 10. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angel has come and has brought good news. This is the verb form of the word gospel, that the gospel good news has come because Jesus has come into the world. And why is this, who is this good news for? This gospel that Jesus has come for. Notice it says, I bring you good news of great joy. That is for who? That is for all people, all people. Even the angels showing up to the shepherds and announcing this to the shepherds would have been a sign of this. In ancient society, the shepherds were the epitome of your average Joe. Nothing special about a shepherd. They went on their way. No one noticed them. No one hated them. No one liked them. They just kind of operated in the world. No one gave them a second thought. They weren't the elite. They weren't the downtrodden. They were right in the middle. And that's who the angels show up to announce this message to. Why? Because who does God come to save? Just the religious elite? Just those who are scholarly and learned or of high moral character? No, God came and sent his son to save all people. And Christmas is good news for everyone, just as it is for these shepherds. Who is this child that is born? Three titles of this child, Jesus, are given in verse 11. First, we see that born to you this day in the city of David, first is a savior. Jesus was born, he came with the end in mind. His mission was to save people. How would he do this? By his death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. Salvation was always part of the Christmas story. It was always God's plan on why he sent Jesus 
to earth. Jesus came to save. The second title we're given of Jesus is that he is the Christ. That that prophesied Messiah that Israel had longed for, that the Old Testament speaks of, now finds its fulfillment here and now because Jesus has come. He's the long-awaited, long-prophesied Messiah that has come. The third title is that he is the Lord. A title of authority, a title of great significance and power given to Jesus. And then the the angels give this sign to the shepherds. And when they say, this will be a sign for you, what would they have expected? Well, this is the long-awaited Messiah who's come to save and is the Lord. In other words, he's the king. So where is he? Well, he's probably in Jerusalem. He's in the palace with the wealthy. That's, That's where these things take place, right? That's the sign. We'll go to the biggest house and the most luxurious place, and that's where this baby will be, right? No, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. They would have been shocked given the significance of this child where he would be found. Not in some place high and away, but in very normal, lowly circumstances. Because Jesus has come and because his coming is good news, not just for some, but for all people, it's why the angel can start his message to them with these two significant words, fear not. Fear not because Christmas is good news for everyone. See, so much of our lives are made, so many of our decisions are made with fear in mind. Our lives are shaped around fear-motivated things. See, we, we fear for ourselves. We fear for our kids, for our family. We fear for our safety. We have fears about the future. And we, we hold on to these fears and anxieties. And despite the good news of great joy that Jesus has come for all people, we struggle, all of us do, with letting them go. Christmas is an invitation to lay down our fears, our anxieties, our worries at Jesus' feet because Jesus has come for all people. I don't know about you, but in my house, we've watched a lot of Christmas movies, especially this last week. I love Christmas movies. And one of my favorite Christmas movies is over 50 years old, Charlie Brown Christmas. I love Charlie Brown Christmas. If you're not familiar with it, it's got your normal characters from the comic strip Peanuts. It's got Charlie Brown. It's got Snoopy, Peppermint Patty. It's got Lucy. And one of my favorite characters, a guy named Linus. And if you forget who Linus is, we have a picture of him here. Linus is the guy almost always sucking his thumb and always with his security blanket. Why? Because Linus is always scared. He's terrified of life. He's always fearful. And so he brings his blanket, which provides him comfort in his fears. He brings his blanket everywhere he goes because he's filled with fear. Well, there's this really cool visual of how Christmas deals with our fears. The story of Jesus intersects with this. Watch this clip in just a moment from Charlie Brown Christmas and watch when Linus drops his blanket in the Christmas story. Let's watch. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. 
You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Isn't it cool? The moment that he cries out, fear not, he drops his blanket. Because Christmas is an invitation for us, not just our blankets, but our worries, our anxieties, our fears, to drop them at the feet of Jesus. Because he's come and the good news that Jesus brings is for everyone. It's for all of us. The angel announces this to these shepherds. And then suddenly it says in verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. They, they multiply and the skies are filled with angelic beings praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Glory to God and on earth peace is now possible because of Christmas, because Jesus has come. Jesus has come that we, every single one of us might experience peace. This is at the heart of Christmas. There's a powerful moment where, where peace in the message of Christmas was seen in real life over a hundred years ago. It was Christmas 1914 in Europe where World, World War I had just broken out. And the men were in trenches close enough that they could hear the shouts and the talkings of those of the enemy side. And on Christmas morning, 1914, historians are mixed as exactly how it started, but it's likely it started in different places as the front was many miles long. But in some places, they say that one side, one side shouted to the other, Merry Christmas, and the other side shouted back, and they slowly came out of the trenches, and no war was fought that day. Another, another story says that one side was singing a Christmas carol, the other side was singing back in their own language, till together they sang the same Christmas song until they came out and celebrated Christmas together on 1914. There's pictures that are taken from that day of gifts being exchanged. I think we have a picture here of gifts being exchanged between the soldiers. Even in some parts of the, the front, a soccer game broke out. I don't think a score was kept, but if recent results or anything, England probably lost because they seem to always do that when it comes to soccer. So peace was had just for even a moment that Christmas morning, in 1914. And who wouldn't want some peace this Christmas, right? Who wouldn't want some peace in their lives this Christmas? Normally, when we think of peace at Christmas, it's just the absence of conflict, right? Will the kids not fight? Will, will everybody just get along and be fine and happy through Christmas dinner, right? Because everyone has, everyone has that one family member that you never know what they're going to do, what they're going to say to ruin the holiday, by the way, if you don't have that family member, it's you. So find someone else, find someone else to be that crazy family member, all right? Wouldn't we all just want peace? But the peace that Jesus offers, the peace that Jesus brings us, is even better than just no conflict, no fighting on Christmas Day. See, when the Bible talks about peace, peace is wholeness. It's established relationship. It's, it's God's presence with us. It's not just the absence of conflict, but the presence of wholeness and relationship. And the peace that Jesus offers us, that he has come for Christmas to bring, is permanent. 
It will last. It does not fade away like that peace that the soldiers had over 100 years ago, which was very short-lived. The peace that Jesus promises and offers to you and to me is permanent because it's a permanent relationship between us and God. See, we celebrate at Christmas Jesus' birth, his coming as a baby, but Jesus grew and he lived a perfect life. He followed God's commands to love God and to love others perfectly. Yet he was arrested, he was crucified, he died for our sins, but three days later, he rose from the dead and has defeated death. And because of what Jesus came to this world to do, because he came to bring peace, because he came as a savior, permanent peace with God is possible because of what Jesus has done for us. And so the question for us is, have we believed? Do we have faith in what Christmas is all about? That Jesus came because of his love and died for us so that we can have peace with God. As Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified, since we've been made right by faith, we can have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can drop all our fears, anxieties, and insecurities, lay them at his feet and experience peace. The glory of God arrived on Christmas night and it lit up the sky. Scripture speaks of Jesus's arrival into this world as a light shining into the darkness. In just a moment, we're gonna light candles and sing together. As we do so, let's remember that Christmas is not just something that happens 2,000 years ago, but it's an event that still can change our lives today that we can experience peace with God because of the message of Christmas, because Jesus has come to save us. So would you stand with me tonight? And as we light candles together, let's remember all that Jesus has done for us this Christmas. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation with us on social media. Never miss a message and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.